Chasing Leviathan is a podcast about pursuing truth, one big question at a time through the discipline of listening. Truth is too big to tame. But if we pay close attention, we might get the chance to glimpse something truly magnificent. So please join me in this pursuit, one week at a time. Hello and welcome to Chasing Leviathan. I'm your host, PJ Weary, and I'm here with uh, Dr. Lixing Sung, Distinguished Research Professor of Animal Behavior, Ecology, and Evolution in the Biological Sciences Department. Um, and uh, Dr. Uh, Lixing, it's wonderful to have you here today. Thank you very much, PJ. It's wonderful to talk with you. Now, tell me, where did the idea for uh, this book come from? Oh, the idea has been, uh, it's a long history. Oh, I always enjoy yeah, nature. Sure. And uh, mm. I studied, uh, I, I have been studying this uh, animal mimicry, camouflage, communication, uh, sexual selection. One common theme is they all cheat. <laughs> they all cheat. <laughs> <laughs> so, well... Uh, so a few years ago, that was six, seven years ago, um, I met a uh, Princeton University uh, press editor. And she said, well, why not <laughs> write a book for us? I said, what to write? I said, well, probably I have two. One is cheating. Uh, the other is about uh, monkeys. And she said, well, cheating sounds yeah. more interesting. <laughs> so I, I had gotcha. a wonderful time working on that until... Until we have um, this new president <laughs> who was not afraid of doing these things. So I suddenly felt, well, gosh, that topic is far more than I thought. <laughs> so I gradually venture into your, uh, your expertise, uh, that is philosophy and, and the social and, and, and consequences, philosophical issues about that. That, the, that as a result, that, that is the last chapter. And so far, not many people have appreciated that. But actually, that is the most creative part of it. I challenge the count. Uh, 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 about his, um, what is the, the default uh, 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 promise that uh, nobody should cheat. <laughs> I challenged his, uh, his promise. And I, I worked on consequential, consequentialist uh, 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 ideas as to how we can deal with cheating. So this is probably the most important part. But so far, no reviewers, no people have ever talked with me about that. <laughs> I'm glad that you, you, you bring that up. Yeah. Uh, so and let me say, so it's The Liars of Nature and the Nature of Liars um, from Princeton University Press. Uh, can you talk to us uh, a little bit before we jump into that last chapter that's obviously important to you um, about uh, the kind of evolutionary psychological side of it? Yeah, uh, I wouldn't say it's, it's all evolutionary psychology, but it's, it's evolutionary biology and the psychology uh, combined. And basically, they share a common uh, uh, origin anyway. <laughs> it's called a social biology, but nobody uh, talks about that anymore after E.O. Wilson died <laughs> last year. So um, it's basically about how we use evolutionary uh, uh, theory or theories to approach to 
to the cheating issue. So everything uh, comes together under in, in light of evolution. As to you know, how cheating could evolve, why cheating is just in every organism possible, uh, you see, as a strategic option. So from the lowest level of viruses cheat, <laughs> bacteria cheat, and the genes cheat, the chromosomes cheat, cells cheat, <laughs> and all the way to plants, you know, uh, the, the organisms brainless uh, to the most sophisticated animals such as uh, whales, dolphins, and humans, of course, and the primates and the humans, yes. of course. <laughs> well, yeah, we know that humans cheat for sure. So explain to me, what is your definition of cheating? Because I'm sure most people are asking right now, how does a blind or brainless cell cheat? Yeah, cheating is basically during the communication part of it. When animals uh, talk to each other, talk is, it, it can be seeing each other, could be hearing each other, could be sn uh, sniffing uh, uh, each other. But when animals communicate, there's always, um, uh, there is a possibility for one animal to emit false information. So that is, Cheating, but also I actually define cheating in a different way. Uh, cheating actually, there are two kinds that's corresponding to the uh, <laughs> tongue in cheek, the first law and the second law of cheating. Uh, basically, I refer to first law as uh, during the communication, one animal or one organism, typically animal, sends out a false information that would benefit uh, to itself while at the cost of the recipient. Uh, so that's the, during the communication, you send out false inf information rather than honest information. The, the, the other one is deception. Deception is very different. Deception is based on taking advantage of another organism's, typically animals, another animal's cognitive weakness, cognitive bias, for example. And in humans, we all know that in terms of color, we are more sensitive to red color than to any other color. And that's the reason stop signs, traffic lights, all use red as, um, as stop, which is more important, right? <laughs> and uh, during the Cultural Revolution in China, if you know that one, there was a time because the, the red color is related to communism movement, right? Communist movement. And in China, during the Cultural Revolution, when everybody was crazy, and they actually decided to switch red and green. <laughs> the red as go and green as stop turned out to be there were more accidents. So they were forced <laughs> to switch back. But also in stock market, for example, uh, when people make money and, 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 and in Hong Kong, for example, red means the market goes up, <laughs> you make money, which is good. The green means the market goes down, <laughs> which means you lose money. So yeah, uh, these, these kind of symbolic, but market may be okay, but when you switch traffic lights, that, that is problematic. So yeah, we all have these biases and weaknesses. For example, we cannot hear ultrasound. We cannot uh, feel uh, infrared, for example. And these are the areas that we could be easily fooled. Commercials, even uh, based on our preference, for example, uh, uh, the commercials typically use this kind of deception. For example, uh, you go to a local market 
you pick up a meat product, it says 95% fat free. <laughs> Actually, it is what? It's 5% fat. <laughs> so the, the commercials, <laughs> the, the people in these advertisements try to appeal to the kind of our positive biases so as to promote their product. Pretty much all commercials are like that. And it's legal. And see, now you see, the, uh, see, see the difference. Deception is mostly legal, while, while uh, lying is not. Lying is not, because you, <laughs> if something does not work, you say it's working, that is lying, and it is liable. Yes. I mean, I, so my day job is I'm a digital marketer. So when you talk about, I mean, this kind of classic things like, why don't we charge, you know, $7 for something? We charge six ninety nine. Exactly. It's because we're taking advantage of these, these cognitive biases. Yeah. <laughs> um, can you, like, I, I'm still fascinated and I'd love to work my way up the chain as it were, um, if you're willing to do that. How do two blind um, cells like how how would they emit false information? How does that you mean work? sales? Uh, one one good example yes. is uh, cheating in sales is cancer sales. Okay, sales have these so called pre programmed death. So when a cell is born, it is already it's it's a fate is already determined because the genes control the cell. You do the work and you die <laughs> as needed. But cancer cells are not. Cancer cells cheat their death. Uh, they refuse to die. They keep. Uh, they actually. Uh, there is. There are mutations that overrun that's pro uh, programmed, uh, pre-programmed cell death, and so that these cancer cells keep producing, keep replication, and keep surviving without dying. So that is uh, one of the uh, most important cases uh, is the HeLa cell which is nowadays you can find in all major cancer research centers all over the world. Their cell, or the, these cells, uh, are originally from an uh, African-American woman who died of cervix, uh, cervix cancer in 1953. Yet, her cell, HeLa cell, uh, <laughs> continued to exist. <laughs> So they call it immortal cells. So these cells basically, uh, by changing some kind of mechanisms by mutation, they cheat their fate. Um, and how does that uh, line up with the kind of emitting false info side of things? That, that they're cheating death? Uh, for, it, it's, it's the, the, you have pre-programmed uh, genetic, um, uh, 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 genetic wiring that eventually will, yeah. for example, after 50 generations of cells die. Most of our body cells are like that, after 50 generations of that. And that's right. the reason our longevity is limited. Because you have to fight these, <laughs> these uh, limited number of generations. But some mutations will actually change these programming. And they, they keep uh, going on. So, which basically means cell reproduction uh, out of control. These are rogue cells. Yes. They're when it is when they are yes. out of control, they take over everything of your body, and that's right. the way we die. But if we could become, yeah, never mind. I, I immediately my mind is like, well, if if the cancer cells can become immortal, if we could become cancer, but that's probably not a, a viable solution. 
um, <laughs> to, to well, live well, forever, well, right? The, the, like, the, the uh, solution is that if we can find yeah. the way they cheat, we can outsmart yeah. them. And that's now, it's a yeah. new philosophy of medical research against cancer. Hmm. Hmm. So basically, we, and so, we, fight, uh, we fight cancer basically by fight, fight cheating. So as we talk about, um, as we kind of move up, you know, the cover, you have, you have bugs on the cover here. Um, talk to me, like, uh, how, how does that uh, evolve as it goes further up the chain? When you talk about uh, what's an example in the animal kingdom of, of this kind of cheating? Well, it's um, because it is a strategic option. Cheating is always a strategic option when everybody, for any species, for example, uh, when everybody is honest, there is always a niche for profiting from being dishonest. So that's the reason. Uh, whenever you have a communication in whatever way it is, there is always a possibility for some individuals to be dishonest, to cheat, and benefit, uh, benefit more uh, for themselves while at the cost of others. Uh, and is that kind of what you uh, call in chapter two, the hackers and suckers, Yes, right? The ones that... Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so what are the advantages, you know, and then chapter three, you get into eavesdroppers, imposters, and con artists. Uh, do you mind just walking us through those concepts? So I think we understand that, like, they're the ones who, the ones who cheat and the ones who get cheated, right? The cheaters and the cheated, the hackers and the suckers. What... What does uh, eavesdropping and, and imposters, what does that teach the us? Eavesdropping, about? basically, you, it's basically wiretapping of others' private conversation. Um, for example, you can have um, two individuals talking to each other, and another um, two animals say it's probably easier for us to connect. <laughs> two animals are communicating with each other, and a third one comes in and uh, takes the advantage of their communication weakness. For example, the most obvious is the, this cuckoo. Um, cuckoo, um, right. yeah, the, the cuckoo probably would be the best, uh, best example. You have uh, a most typically uh, uh, wobbler. Wobblers make a nest. Wobblers don't know uh, their eggs. So basically, they, have, they follow a, a, a rule that is everything in Every round object in my nest are my chicks. Whatever coming out are my chicks. So this is kind of very rough uh, rule. But cuckoos actually lay eggs, and their eggs mimic uh, the wobble eggs in their nest so as to break in the wobbler's cognitive system. <laughs> So now, now, now you see this is the, the sort of like use job. Uh, yes. Using your weakness uh, for their benefit. So that's the way they, they, they can successfully parasitize on, uh, on Wobbler's nest and making Wobbler's as their free nanny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as you, you're sitting here and you're, you're talking about this, um, you talk about as a strategical option. What's the other option? You know, you talk about chapter four, infidelity and the rise of honesty. I mean, the other option is cooperation, yes. right? Is being honest to work together. Can you talk a little bit about what are the advantages and disadvantages of both approaches? Being honest is working together. Um, that is 
always advantageous to all the parties involved. However, natural selection does not work on that level. Natural selection works on individual level. For example, you and I, if I, I we are talking uh, uh, to each other and we try to make this program uh, available and improve the quality of it. However, if you get more from me, <laughs> so it's a relative, you see that? If it's a relative, you, if you get more from me, I would feel that's unfair. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I yeah. have the sort of, although both of us uh, would benefit from cooperation, but if I get less from the, uh, from the cooperation and you get more, now suddenly you have a major advantage over me. So which means it makes me worse. So I would refuse yes. to cooperate, right? So it's it's right. about a relative benefit. It's not absolute benefit all the time. That's the reason. For example, if we spent one hundred dollars, um, and I give you um ten dollar, and I keep. Uh, ninety dollar. You you would uh, feel betrayed. I mean, although in the ten dollar is far better than nothing, <laughs> right. But, right? But because the the spirit is unfair, then you you will refuse to cooperate with me. And this kind of scenario is called the automaton uh, game, and it's 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 discussed often uh, by philosophers as well. As well, yeah, it's it's about fairness. <laughs> and I, I've heard of it before, and it's kind of interesting because you do have pe some people will, but it, it's rare will just choose the absolute value, right? Um, and but that's uh, that's a very difficult choice to make. Like that's not the way that we're wired. That's right. It's so we are wired for relative fitness or relative benefit, and that is also the reason. Um, I, I wrote an article in uh, for for the uh, for the Time magazine. Uh, I tried to find why monkeys, apes, non-human monkeys and apes, as brainy as they are, <laughs> they never uh, developed anything like uh, they can have large-scale cooperation, multiple monkey or ape groups work together to build, for example, a gray wall. <laughs> or even a cobblestone uh, 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 road that it would be easier for them to travel. They don't do that. The right. reason being why, because <laughs> they don't do that. <laughs> Although they are, they are smart, right. but they don't do that. Why? Because uh, they, for their view, it is they, whether they can profit from cooperation. And they use cooperation as often as deception. So they, they do cheating and, and cooperating all the time. They are free to do. So what she means, when, you, when cheating is not controlled, the benefit of cooperation will not prevail. Although the upside of cooperation is huge, and that is human civilization, right? We, we, we have been um, hmm. on the rise in terms of cooperation from small tribe, within tribe to among different tribes to villages to to towns to cities to nation to to the global level and that is fundamentally cooperation the upper side is unlimited 
But if you just look at, for example, how much I can get from that, and you are free to do cooperation as well as to do cheating, and then people would not be willing to cooperate because it's all about zero-sum game. You, you gain, and I lose, and I gain, you lose. So and yeah. that is the, the major uh, stage of our civilization that we found a way to control dishonesty, to control cheating, so that the truth can prevail. When truth can prevail, cooperation is not intimidated. Cooperation actually is incentivized, encouraged. Suddenly you find, wow, our civilization, civilization blooms. And so is it, is it honesty, the rise of honesty, that is the catalyst for innovation? Oh, of course. Without that, what, what, what you can build? <laughs> it's all about a, right. a zero-sum game. Uh, I gain, you lose. <laughs> it's just like that. That's the reason you, you ask a chimpanzees, you ask gorillas, what else they could do? You know, the best they could do is what? Uh, to use a stem or grass that, so they could use to, to, to fish for termites and rock use and learn for seven years of how to man, uh, maneuver two rocks to crack nuts. And that's it. So part, part of your thesis, like a major part of your thesis here, is this idea that it's not so much that flat uh, difference in IQ between humans and chimpanzees as it is the, the social IQ that has allowed humans to escape the prisoner's game. That's exactly. The social IQ is a solution for cooperation. Uh, and and not, not only so, we need uh, these legal, moral systems so as to control the downside of manipulation. These are sort of like a zero-sum manipulation. If we can control that, if we can control dishonesty and, uh, and the truth can prevail and knowledge accumulates and our cooperation gets bigger and big, bigger because the incentive goes up uh, for large-scale cooperation. So that is important. Although, you know, <laughs> you think of chimpanzees, whenever I watch chimpanzees, I, I'm always amazed by their intelligence. I'm always amazed by how much they can understand. I love these short video clips from, you, uh, from YouTube or from, um, uh, from TikTok. And, and this is just always amazing to see some episodes that are, they are so humanly. Yet, they never yeah. arrive at the stage of what we can call civilization. No way. Even they are inferior to ants. You think about mm. ants, uh, some of the ants could build, uh, millions of them huddled together to build a uh, ant raft survive the f to survive the flood. And there are ants that could build, army ants could build bridges to cross this canopy for example. And these uh, leaf-cutting ants uh, actually have their own agriculture. Uh, they cut leaves and use their leaves to grow fungi, which are their crops, the sort of their mushrooms. <laughs> and they live on these mushrooms together. And I mean, they also use antibiotics to kill off these, uh, these fungi and bacteria that infest, uh, infest their, their crops. And that is amazing. My, my kids love watching documentaries on bugs, and one of them is ants. And ants are 
one of, if not the most successful species on the planet. There are, like the amount of ants on the earth are insane, and it's largely due to what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, there are more. Uh, uh, there is more. A recent, a recent article published in uh, the Proceedings of National Academy of Science uh, indicates that there are far more ants than we previously estimated. Yeah. Really? They are one of the most successful groups. But of course, uh, each ant colony are mostly relate, genetically related, so the blood is thicker than water. Works out in these situations. <laughs> But in, 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 in apes and monkeys, uh, which we are part of the member, uh, they do not have that large-scale um, uh, kingship. So we have to work on mm -hmm. cooperation uh, with non-king members. And that's when you, um, you know, even as you're talking about the ants will form a raft in a flood to survive together. But chimpanzees won't work together apart from maybe like their children uh, to save each other. Is that would that be a correct way to talk? Yeah, about that's this? that's equivalent of saving their children, for example. Uh, but you yeah. know, their group uh, size is so small; the members only mostly interact with each other within their group, which which is about a few dozen individuals. So. So that kind of small-scale cooperation will not lead you to work on major projects such as build a right. uh, build the Notre Dame, for example. <laughs> There's no way you can right, do right, that. Right. Yeah, yeah, and and also uh, will limit the growth of things like language because it, you don't have to uh, you don't have to communicate across vast differences. Yes, right? exactly. Like, That's uh, a great point. Language communication is for using for large-scale communication. But within the family, you can have gesture. That's enough. Yeah. That's enough. Right. Or, or the facial expression, gesture, and that's enough. I mean, this is where we see, like, um, you know, among twins, because they're so close, and if they're just worked on cooperating, they'll create a private language, yeah. right? But not, uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe, yeah that's a that great exactly. point. I, that... I haven't thought about it. Now you yeah. see, that's, a, that's I, a spark. You talk with people <laughs> who have different backgrounds. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is really fascinating to me. I've never, um, I, I haven't approached like evolutionary biology and psychology together. I've talked to maybe a few people about this on this show, but it's just, it's such an open field for me. And I, I always learn something every time. So thank you again for, for coming on the show. Um, I, you talk here about, and this is fascinating to me because your definitions have emitting false info for your benefit over the other entity uh, or taking advantage of the other person's bias, you know, uh, or other entities bias. Um, but then chapter seven, you have liars who lie to themselves. How does that work? Oh, that's a, that's a wonderful topic. We always have better feeling. About, I should not say always. We typically, most people always have higher self-esteem. Uh, for themselves, uh, then uh, re they really are. So that's the kind mm. of issue uh, that was actually observed by many people, but nobody really got into answer the question why until this guy by the name of Robert Travers in the 1980s. He was the first 
actual biologists who uh, looked into that issue and came up with explanation that is what they really needed. Because why? Because when you cheat, the problem is it's not easy to cheat. Because you try to tell a story <laughs> that is differently. If you try to tell a story mm. that is different from what it really is, what it really you know, and it's hard, right? Because you always suffer the Freudian slip. That's just being a hypocrite. Mm. It's not easy either. <laughs> it's not easy either. Right, right. I once worked uh, as a an, an, an bilingual interpreter in a conference. Turned out to be, because I was fluent in both English and Chinese, I could uh, mm -hmm. uh, speak very uh, fluently, uh, but only with one language at a time. If I, ha if I have to switch back and forth, <laughs> the two languages really crossed. <laughs> I realized it was hard because I was thinking probably in, yeah. in English, but while I, I had to speak in Chinese or vice versa. And frequently, yeah. so the kind of like switching mode, uh, modes are not fast enough. <laughs> so I, my mind was totally crossed. It's the same thing. We have right. this mental load when we try to tell a false story while we know it is different. <laughs> so, um, so Bob Travers was saying that, you see, if you can fool yourself, you actually can fool other people better because you suppress mm. Uh, the kind of reality, you only tell one story, you will not suffer that kind of internal mental conflict. And so he, he, he calls it cognitive load. So the cognitive, cognitive yes. load is not exist, ex existing and you can cheat better. And even if people <laughs> poke on you, you are lying, you are cheating, and you realize, well, I, I believe that's the case. You are innocent. You will not lose social credit. So that is a, that's the, there's only one upside. <laughs> there's only one uh, upside um, uh, without downside, uh, no matter what you do. So, so being a uh, fool yourself, you can fool other people better. So that was his interpretation. And, and later on in the 90s, two Cornell University professor uh, prof uh, uh, professors, uh, actually one was student, I believe, um, uh, 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 Dunning and Kruger, uh, tested the psychology students. You know, psychology students are always uh, guinea pigs, right? Uh, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> always guinea pigs. So vast number of psychological studies are done on psychology students because they, that's the way they, they get credit. So they tested on students about their cognitive abilities, they found that the good performers tended to be more realistic near, uh, near uh, what they do and what they are, uh, what they believe they are. So uh, they, they gave the kind of tests uh, and, and, and graded their performance, but before they re revealed the results to the students, they asked, they asked the students to rate themselves. So the poor performers tended to rate far higher than the reality was <laughs> in cognitive yeah, ability, yeah. in some other skills, and all these things. So they were surprised that, well, the worse people are, the higher uh, they rank themselves. So they are deceiving themselves in a way.
So that is also a case for Americans, for example, 90% of Americans believe they are better than average drivers. Yes, I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah, yes. And they are better in social skills, right? right. 90% of them are better uh, in social skills. <laughs> Than the average, like something's not. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. And teachers and professors believe eighty uh, percent or ninety percent of them believe believe they are bet uh, they are better than average. And and doctors <laughs> believe they are better than average. Stockbrokers, lawyers, right. always think they are better than average. You know, so many of them. So we know that the quality of our the service we receive, and actually should be highly <laughs> discounted. Yeah, and this is the role of excuses, yeah. right? Like uh, people will look at real indicators of success, right? If you get a number you're not comfortable with, you'll have an excuse for why it doesn't match up with your internal representation, and right? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and the interesting thing is women tend to be statistically, not individually, but statistically tend to be more realistic uh, than men, <laughs> although they also tend to fall victim to the so-called Dunning-Kruger effect. Basically, it's overrate yourself, overrate yourself. Yes. So that's always the case. So if we, if we want to be uh, more realistic and ask your spouses, <laughs> ask your female <laughs> friends, they may give you a better injection of reality. <laughs> Oh man, uh, my wife is really gonna like this episode. Um, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the uh, as you're as you're talking about this, um, it's really fascinating to me because even in uh, philosophical literature, religious literature, um, psychological literature, there um, does seem to be habits formed about lying and truth telling, and that's why it's important to you know, like uh, you think about someone like Marcus Aurelius in Meditations, he talks about always tell the truth because eventually you'll believe your own lies. And that kind of seems to be, uh, I'd never put it together that the reason that people who lie a lot tend to eventually believe their own lies is to reduce the cognitive load. Is that like, does that all connect together? Am I understanding you correctly? Yeah, that's, that's right. I, I actually can give you some statistics actually. Um, yeah. uh, being uh, self-esteem is so important and some poor mm. performers reject uh, reality while killing for uh, self-deception. And normally that's okay, mm. unless, for example, you are in the critically important field, such as, for example, you, you invest uh, 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 your, 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 your investment advisor, for example, and you invest in the company when you lose money. And, and you try to fool yourself by believing that, well, the market must be wrong, I'm correct, you lose more. And that is the kind of situation you need a what? You need the self-criticism uh, to pull yourself yeah. out. And that is more important. You, you, you realize that you are wrong and that is wrong. Your loss is made and, and lo it loss is loss. You move on uh, seeking for greener pastures. And, and there are some other places you can make the money back rather than you, st you got stuck with a losing position. I mean, this is consequential, but most of the time, it's not a problem. It's not a problem. However, uh, people who live in the complete reality actually faces, tend to face more challenges. 
uh, uh, face more challenge because everything, when they are good, they are good. But when, when they are not good, you know, we cannot be good in every field. We all know that. We have our strengths and weaknesses. But if you only see your weakness all, your son, uh, all the time, you feel depressed. Uh, in depressed. Right. In fact, the statistics shows that um, depressed people tend to be more realistic when they are not, statistically. Statistically, I don't know the connection, okay, here. When you become more, re uh, whether it is because you are more real realistic and you feel depressed or the depression makes you more realistic. But this is the kind of area we can ask more questions and pursue more scientific yes. research in especially psychology. Correlation's a lot easier to establish than causation. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely the case. Right, right, right. That makes sense. So, um, so at least we, we, can, uh, we, we can see that is probably being overly realistic is not that good, right? We, we all need a little bit yeah. of self-esteem, uh, even at times. Uh, it is unrealistic. So that kind of part of our mentality is always with us, probably critical for our survival. So we can actually look into that issue more uh, from evolutionary perspective, why we tend to be a little bit off or more or less of narcissistic. So narcissism may not be Oh, bad after all. <laughs> it's just yeah, too yeah, much, yeah, yeah. and now we are in trouble. <laughs> right, right. Um, the uh, even as you're you're talking about this, I, I remember hearing, and I don't know if it's the only area, but one of the main areas that pessimists beat optimists is uh, is in the area of gambling, because the uh, the optimist will always assume they're going to keep they're going to win or their luck is going to turn, and a pessimist. If they lose, they're afraid they're going to keep losing. But if they win, they just want to take their winnings and run because they know their luck's going to change. <laughs> um, and so I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to make connections here. And that's uh, it's really interesting to see. There are clear cases where confidence can help you, uh, maybe even being overconfident, but uh, where confidence also can hurt you. Uh, how does this play into competition? So, for instance, like when you're facing uh, an opponent and you think if the opponent's better than you, is it better to be more realistic or more overconfident? Um, <laughs> that's a good one. Um, unless you have to assess the possible consequence. <laughs> that's that's I would do. <laughs> I would do. Um, yeah. If you have a gun, I would not compete with you if I don't have anything. <laughs> <laughs> right. So right. if you are a lot larger, physically, clearly most, uh, clearly stronger than I am, I would, nothing else, we just have bare fists. And I would not engage in the competition, physical competition with you. But otherwise, if, right. for example, some of the less consequential things or, or the consequences are harder to, to, to estimate, and then it's better for you to try uh, and assess uh, along yes. the way, right? And, and having the kind of strong confidence will benefit you because probably it's just a little bit of your consequence uh, of consequence, and that will make a huge difference between winning and losing. So I think that this is part of the evolutionary process why overconfidence 
is often selected. But of course, I discussed about some of the modern societies, uh, these fatal large-scale uh, deadly consequences that were not associated with our tribal societies uh, in the Stone Age, for example. And these are the kind of things yes. uh, our human weaknesses cannot really overcome. So we need a system. And what would those be? Yeah, the most of the air crashes are due to overconfidence. Yeah. Right. But that would never happen in a Stone Age society. And why? Why wouldn't that happen? Oh, because there's no air That's crashes. right. Sorry, I thought That's it was a right. psychological... So, the, the, the way our mind, <laughs> Sorry. Our, our mind is built is different from yeah. the society we're living. So this kind of mismatch right. uh, shows us some of the weaknesses that we have to be aware of and try to overcome. Yes. Yeah. So, if, so if, for instance, in in a Stone Age society, you might uh, it might be fatal for you to misjudge a jump, right? But most of the time, if you're if you miss a jump, you're just going to get hurt. But if you miss with an airplane, you're you're going to die, right? And so is everyone who. Is in the airport. Yeah, and everybody else. Yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> there is one thing in psychology nowadays they call the behavioral economics. One rule in behavioral economics, which is, I believe, is absolutely should be aware of for everybody, is that, um, is, is that whenever th- something goes wrong, you do not fix people. You fix the system. Now you see, um, because people uh, are built based on uh, pretty much uh, on our Stone Age situation. But nowadays you will see some of the decision-making processes don't work well. Is because we're no longer living in these, uh, uh, these uh, kind of old, old time. And then you need a new system to prevent making that kind of, uh, that kind of uh, decisions. So that's that's the reason you fix the system. Do not try to fix people's errors. That makes sense. I mean, um, it's very difficult to to fix people. It's easier to fix systems. That's exactly it speaking. is. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you wanted to get to the last chapter. I want to be um, you know respectful of your time. So talk to me a little bit about living with lies and deception and this kind of consequentialist framework that you have uh, kind of mapped out. Yeah, the, the, this is a topic that you, you would love to hear. Um, we have been told since very young age, cheating is bad, we should be honest, uh, absolutely. And we use George Washington uh, as an example. George, George Washington cannot lie. I cannot lie. And of course, that's part, part, part of it was real, part of it was pretty much spinning. Uh, but at least uh, we we have a model to learn from, and that is actually is wrong because if you are too honest living in our society, which means you communicate the honest information, you, you will hurt a lot of people, while you yourself get hurt get hurt as well. So I call it the perils of honesty, of honesty. For example, white lies are absolutely necessary. It is a confirmation. Uh, to other people that my intention is good. I say, PJ, you look very good. And your voice 
<laughs> it's really good. I mean, partly it is true, and partly it may not be true at same time. But you feel good at it. You feel good at, <laughs> and you would see me as a friend, or at least friendly, as a potential ally. And you see me as a good person as well. And you feel well. You feel good. So it's a win-win situation. But if I say PJ, hey PJ, ah,、uh, you are getting old. Ah,、uh, you 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 are balding. Ah,、uh, um, <laughs> you you look sickly when I meet you, and I don't know you、yeah. really a lot. And you look at me. Yeah. Who's that guy? Who do you think、yeah. you are? You know that kind of thing. And you suddenly have this what distrust, ah,、uh, disrespect, and、yeah. all these things. So actually,、yeah. we need the lies. To confirm our good intention, and we、we'll、keep telling these lies, these white lies. I call it pro-social. Yeah, I call it pro-social lies because it's other concerning. I make you feel good, and you have a wonderful day, and you 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 have a good feeling about me as well. So I get the social credit, I get a trust trust from you, and you feel good, and we build a friendship.、Mm. And we confirm、yeah. each other every time I meet you, PJ. You look good. You are great. You can do it. And all these positive things. Yeah. Yeah. But but if you tell truth and all the time, it's brutal. It's brutal. <laughs> so these、yeah. kind of white lies,、yeah. pro-social lies, are, are absolutely necessary. So I negate、uh, Emmanuel Kant's、uh, position, proposition,、uh, position that is, you cannot lie. I think that is. Ah,、uh, not working in our society. I actually find that the um the、uh, the deontological position is not acceptable, and we evolve as consequentialist. We assess benefit and cost for us and for others all the time, rather than we stick to a certain rule. We believe that is we must stick to that is wrong, and probably it's good for academic discussion. Or for court, because you needed to follow a strict logic, but for it is not the kind, of, at least mostly not the situation、uh, our brain evolved in. So I think that is,、uh, uh, of course,、uh, Kant did not know evolution, and、uh, did not know how our brain works, and uh, uh, of course,、uh, in, in a way that he proposed a very strict approach to. Uh, communication of truth versus non-truth—that is understandable, and but it's not realistic. And so I actually、um, separate three kinds of lies. Pro-social lies should be encouraged, actually, not only、uh, not to control, and self-serving lies, which means、uh, I benefit from it but will not hurt you. That lie is acceptable, and that is that kind of lie is. Is、uh, yeah, it's lie or deception, cheating,、uh, and that that kind of cheating is pretty much the basis of commercial advertisements. The companies, the products get uh, <laughs> uh, right, uh, get exposure and、yeah. sell more, but without hurting, actually slightly benefiting the 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 consumers because they know what it is, but they may not realize there is some water there, holds some water. But then you have this. Anti-social lie that is benefiting the the cheater, or anti-social cheating that is benefiting the cheater, while at the cost of the potential recipients 
But then, and that kind of lie is exactly we want to control. And that lie is right. uh, at least uh, it's minor, it's not acceptable, but in terms of major way, it's criminal. Yeah, right. I mean, you're, you're intentionally harming the other person through communication. Um, so I'm looking at this, and as you talk about um, these pro-social lies, is, and you kind of mentioned this, if you came up and told the bald truth, it would be brutal, uh, it'd be tiring, but uh, part of it too is, uh, and you mentioned at the beginning, that if I didn't know you and you came up and started telling the truth, but some of this is you, you think making these uh, or creating these pro-social lies uh, can create the goodwill that leads you to be able to talk about the truth. Is that uh, is that part of the goal of pro-social? Yeah, pro-social is, we know that uh, among strangers, people don't criticize each other uh, in a, super, in a super, uh, superficial way. But among good friends, friends tell each other, well, this is, may not make you look good. For example, that is a mild criticism, but actually is helping your friends. But mm. between two strangers, at least in American culture, people don't criticize. <laughs> so people avoid uh, right. criticizing each other. When I started writing for, uh, for books, for example, that was 20 years ago. That was the longest uh, kind of skill I began to build. I learned my hard way. Everybody, I asked everybody, my friends, oh, some of them are not so yeah. close, to criticize my writing. And everybody said, well, your writing is fantastic, great. And every time I submit, <laughs> I got rejected. Yeah. And a few rounds, I began to realize it's just the people uh, did not want to offer their criticism in case of hurting my feeling, hurting my feeling. Right, right. So now you see, if I have a close friend who was a good writer at the time, I could have written like five more books already. <laughs> So it took a while, a few years for me to realize my uh, weaknesses. And then it began to turn upwards. So my, my writings uh, have been more, increasingly more common. And suddenly this um, cheating book, this is the, the, nature, uh, the Liars of Nature book actually became popular. Uh, because you, I, I have to solve my writing ability first. But I was living in my own uh, lie for so many years. <laughs> so, I mean, it would be so much nicer if I had a, a few close friends who would criticize me uh, uh, 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Right. And you can't trust a, a stranger's opinion. And so that's, that's why another thing. Yes. You don't want to just say, right. So, yeah, I could see. Um, I, the other thing, and I, I'm curious about this, uh, you talk about these pro-social lies and right. You don't want to come up and say, you know, oh, um, you look sickly, balding, ugly, whatever, you know, um, but if someone is those things, uh, and you know, some of this is good manners seems to be that you are, <laughs> almost seems like you're defining manners as someone who is good at deceiving because <laughs> you can't, like, if you walk up to someone um, and you completely lie, like if they're, if they're very sick, uh, and you're like, wow, you look really good. Then they'll, that doesn't work either. Right? No, that's, that's, um, um, if you meet that kind of people, well, this is actually cultural or society specific. 
and different societies、mm. have different standard of being so sad,、uh, a social socially acceptable way of lying、uh, versus honesty dishonesty. That's always I have been telling、oh, people.、Okay. My, my, My kids, my kids, as I have written in my book, my kids are way more honest than they really,、uh, than they really should. So as a result, they've been <laughs> understanding themselves, understanding、yeah. themselves,、uh, because、hmm. uh, people judge other people whether this person is honest or not. It's not based on whether you tell the truth or not. It's based on the societal standard. Of this is acceptable.、Mm. This is not. If everybody sends out a、uh, a, a partially uh, polished, uh, slightly exaggerated resume, and that is a resume people would consider and accept. If you send out a resume honestly, you list ten of your weaknesses. Nobody would would give you an offer, right? <laughs> No god body would give you a、right. job offer because you only list your weaknesses without uh, uh, promoting your strength, and that is the peril, part of the peril, of honesty. We have to follow the societal standard, and we encourage the, the these pro-social lies while try to control the anti-social lies. So you could see that without separating these three kinds of lies or, or cheating. Uh, in in general, because it also includes includes、uh, deception. So,、um, mm. if we can do not tell these three kinds of、uh, of cheating, and really, it's just just we are creating a very cruel society for ourselves. And and、mm. not to mention that、uh, people are not trained to to prevent being taken advantage of. That is, I talked about the children' development. Children's、uh, must be trained to deal with adult、uh, adult world of these lying lies and deceptions. So that's the reason you play peekaboo with with kids.、Uh, you play、uh, liars dice. You, you you play hide and seek. These are all deceptions, <laughs> and 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 magic. For example, these are all deceptions, but. You actually use these tricks to train children to be prepared to tell、uh, honesty from dishonesty in the adult world. Otherwise, these children will not do well. Yeah,、mm. they often fall the victim of not only cheating but also criminal cheating. Right, what we call naive, exactly naivety,、right? uh, and there is one、gullible. kind of people.、Yes. Uh, by the name of probably you, I have not talked about this one in the book because the book is concise.、Uh, which、mm-hmm. um, I could、uh, write that book into like four hundred pages, but the, the Princeton University would li- <laughs> like to see a shorter book. <laughs> but, but some people, some readers don't like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah.、Uh, there is one case of、uh, a, a a special genetic、uh, people with genetic defect called the Williams syndrome. Uh, these people uh, uh, have uh, a big chunk of of DNA missing from the chromosome number seven in their body, so including about two thousand, slightly over two thousand of genes missing、uh, in one of the chromosomes. So what happens was that these people are super friendly; they see each other,、uh, see other people as trustworthy. Everybody. Everybody, they are super nice, super social. 
But the problem with them is that they are always, no, they have no ability to tell. People are fool, fooling them, people are cheating, uh, cheating them or not. So being super nice, now you see it is a world that is not the kind of world we would live in. And these people often have to be protected. Why? Because if, if, if I got uh, this kind of Williams syndrome or with the two, 25, 26 of the genes missing in my chromosome number seven, you tell me, write me a check of $1 million, I will do it. You see, this is exactly, I fall victim so easily. So yeah. it's in our genes as well, and now to be ready to defend our, uh, for ourselves, to protect ourselves uh, in terms of learning these tricks, learning there are, there are honest people in the world, most of them, uh, while there are dishonest people in the world. And that is critically important for children to be integrated into the adult world over time. Well, one, that's fascinating, and I've really enjoyed this conversation. Um, as we kind of wrap up here, what is one takeaway you would leave for our audience? Uh, one takeaway is that um, we should value truth as much as possible by countering mm. the specific type of cheating, that is anti-social mm. cheating. And if we can control anti-social cheating, we can build a better society. We can protect uh, people from falling into victims, especially senior citizens. Senior citizens are the most mm. vulnerable. Why? Because uh, their cognitive abilities are in decline and they are easy uh, for them. It is easy for them to fall victim to new scams, especially uh, digital scams. Mm. So this is yeah. something that we can do and also, we have to control disinformation. I actually made uh, suggested uh, suggested a proposal for Google uh, to actually control mm -hmm. uh, these um, self media uh, for spinning these lies to attract more fans, more followers, uh, by providing sort of sort of kind of ranking system in terms of honesty, and then uh, ties that to the kind of profit-sharing program. Especially, for example, the, the kind of consequential issues such as uh, our political system, our election, our, our um, health, information about health, for example. And you know what? Um, I have not written in the book, but for those who, uh, for during the COVID uh, pandemic, for those who get double dosage of vaccines, actually, mm -hmm. it's far less likely to die. Actually, for those who believe in this anti-vaccination uh, 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 campaign, actually, these people who uh, did not uh, accept the kind of vaccination, and they are 14 times more likely to die. So regardless of their political beliefs, we would like to mm -hmm. see um, far more um, these especially senior folks could live with us, including some of our friends and, and loved ones, uh, could have mm -hmm. survived if there would be no anti-vaccine uh, campaigns. So you could see it's consequential as well. Right, right. Um, Dr. Lixing, it's been an absolute honor having you on today. Thank you for coming on. Thank you so much, PJ. 